Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong back with you for another week. I'm so glad to be with you here on the radio. I have my friend EJ with me today. Say hello to the folks, or good day at least. Bonjour, mes amis. Okay, she loves that French, and she sounds so good at it. At any rate, we've got a great show today. We're going to talk about the good and the bad and the ugly of the news of the past week, and boy, is there a lot of it. I don't know if we can get to everything, but we're certainly going to try to talk about it and then give some opinions. We will have some dumb criminal law stories, as usual, and three riddles, and... uh Near the end of the show, I'm going to talk about barbecue and grilling, things that you probably wanted to know but were afraid to ask. But let's start now with some news, the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's start with the good. I came across an article this past week written by Andrea Pazer. She's an opinion writer for the New York Post. And I agree with a lot of what she says. It's quite a timely article. She writes, among other things, ever since two black men were arrested outrageously but not charged in a Philadelphia Starbucks in April after a manager reported them to police for attempted using the bathroom while black, there's been an avalanche of insane incidents racially profiling black people busy living their lives. In Tennessee, an African-American real estate investor inspecting a house had police called on him in May by a white woman who wanted him driven from the neighborhood. Employees and a manager of a Pennsylvania golf course called the police in April on a group of African-American women playing golf. They were playing too slowly, said the manager. <laughs> At Yale University, a, a white student called the police because a black lady who was a student was sleeping in the common room. <laughs> now, all of these are intolerant, but let's see, the one that takes the case, cake. I'm sorry, the one that takes the cake, <laughs> having been a lawyer, I always talk about taking the case, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a fellow in, I'm trying to find out, this is in Tennessee, and this happened on July the 4th. Miss Pazer writes, that this was the one that took the cake. Police were called, and uh, a white manager of a Memphis apartment complex had called the police on a black man at the pool. Why did they call? Because he had white socks on at the pool. He wasn't in the pool. He just had white socks on. His name was Kevin Yates. At any rate, he told the police that he was there, with his girlfriend's godsons, they were swimming. He was watching them. He was wearing socks because he didn't want his feet to get sunburned and hurt. So at any rate, the police didn't do anything to him. Of course, what they did is that they scolded the manager of the complex, and he was fired, just like the manager in the Starbucks in Philadelphia. She was fired. Then there was um, a case here. A woman who allegedly hit a black teen in June 
whom she said didn't belong at her local pool, though they had guest passes. She was arrested and charged with assault and battery and two counts of assaulting and beating or wounding a police officer for resisting arrest. She lost her job, too. So what's happening here is that, and Miss Pazer's theme is, police officers are standing up and saying, bigots, we're not going to help you out. And you need to stop being bigots. Black people need to be able to live their lives without the foolishness of having the police called on them for doing the things that are not illegal. That's the good. The good is we have still have bigotry in this country toward African-Americans and others. The final case I'll talk about happened in Chicago. You may have heard this. That's the bad. Well, no, that's still good because this is a lady who was wearing a Puerto Rican flag shirt. She is Puerto Rican. And a man started harassing her at a forest preserve where she had rented a place for her birthday. And the man wouldn't picnic table, a picnic table yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, and a barbecue. Mm -hmm. And this older man wouldn't leave her alone wanting to know, why are you wearing that shirt? Are you a citizen of the United States? Blah, 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 blah. And and wouldn't wouldn't have believed that she was a citizen. And he became, I don't know, just I guess. Just he kept approaching her. Right. And there was a policeman around. She called the policeman and he didn't do anything. At any rate, the idiot didn't know that Puerto Rico is a part of the United States and people who come from Puerto Rico are United States citizens. Well, at any rate, other police came and they arrested him. And the police officer who did not do anything, he retired. He resigned, left the force. I don't know why. All right. So my attitude is that's just like somebody who wears a, 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 T-shirt with the name of their their state on it. Yeah. Louisiana. Right. You know, right. Virginia's for lovers. Whatever. <laughs> well, at any rate, these incidents demonstrate the over that overwhelmingly a majority of the police are on the side of decency and they are standing up and turning the tide on bigots. As a matter of fact, that's the uh, that is the headline on this op-ed piece, cops turn tide on bigots. Stop doing it, white folks. It's not necessary. Trump worked you up so much you got to call the police on people wearing white socks at the pool. Mr. Yates, the guy who had the white socks on, said there were other white people there, had shirts and hats and things on. That that aren't pool uh, swimming items. That's exactly right. Well, anyway, that is good. It's good that the police are turning the tables on bigots. Well, they're not going to be complicit. That's right. They don't want to be complicit. They don't need to be complicit. They got enough criminals that they have to go over, go after instead of people wearing white socks at the pool. But look, let's talk about some of the bad, EJ. There was a lot of it, in my opinion. We can't talk about all of it. But the first thing that comes to mind is that Trump, President Trump, certainly acted badly in Europe. Brussels, Belgium, is the headquarters of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. It's a group of 29 countries, including the United States and many European countries, that came together 70 years ago to be a bulwark against Soviet aggression in the world, particularly in Europe. It's been an alliance that 
everyone pays into, the United States puts money in for defense in all the other 29 countries. Trump has slammed the NATO allies and say they don't pay enough and he's just being really bad and nasty and people can't figure out why. Why does he want to trash talk an organization that's been in existence for 70 years and has helped keep the peace in Europe? And I, you know, in favor of it. I was never a part of NATO, but when I was stationed in Germany, I used to have to go to Brussels sometimes on embassy business. But he's been acting badly. Then he goes to England and he disses the prime minister, prime minister, Theresa May. He says that uh, she messed up the thing about getting out of Brexit and he should have. She she should have. He told her what she needed to do, which was to sue the EU. Was that what it was? And she said she didn't want to sue the EU. And he said she didn't she didn't choose to do it. That's right. And to listen to him. She didn't choose to listen to him like like he's her boss or something. He's some wise advisor. Right. Well, people didn't like it. He was in England, jolly old England. He, he gave an interview to a newspaper which also dissed the prime minister, Theresa May. He, he dissed her in his interview. That's right. And then he tried to make good with her when they had a joint conference. However, while that conference was going on, thousands of people were marching in the streets of London and other places in England saying, Trump, go home, dump truck, dump Trump, <laughs> lock him up. There will be hell to pay, <laughs> which is, it looks like there will be hell to, to pay, to, T-O-U-P-E-E, to pay. <laughs> Oh gosh, what's going on? Trying to say that his hair is really a toupee. Yeah, I guess that's it. (laughs) Demonstrators chanted outside the U.S. ambassador's residence where Trump was staying. They came up with a 20 foot balloon of a baby Trump in a diaper holding a cell phone. And they parade, uh, they did that. They paraded through the streets of London with that. And then they took it up to Scotland when he was there over the weekend. Of course, he got out of England. And went to where? Helsinki. And that's where the bad news or the ugly news comes in. But we're not ready to talk about that. No, we're not. But we're going to talk about it still. There's but still time. Get to go on, EJ. I know you want to say something. I'm just, it's obvious that he's trying to take over. He wants to look like he's not just one of many members of NATO. That's right. That he's going to be the leader and tell him to pay up. You need to uh, carry your weight, and then but then he goes and starts talking about uh, he improved, he got them to do what he needed them to do, and now they're running a, like a well-oiled machine and it's because not, of him. And it's not true; they didn't agree to pay more money. Right? They what, said what they're, they're supposed paying, to do two percent the, of their gross product domestic product and, which is uh, what they had agreed to before that's right and they're already in pro- in the process of meeting that uh commitment well you know improving their their um performance and meeting that commitment well they go on I'm sorry not the four percent that he's trying to say uh that he caused he got them to agree to 
So he's that's he's a liar. Well, it's all grandstanding, and I I will tell you why or the theory behind the grandstanding when I get to or when we get to the ugly. And I want to say I've seen pictures of him with Theresa May, the prime minister, and in every picture he's treating her as if he is stronger than she is. It's like the um, he's holding her hand, holding holding her her hand. He's got to help her up the steps. Or he's holding her arm as she's leaving the press conference. It's like messaging that I'm the stronger of the two as opposed to their equals. The top ape, huh? Yep. (laughs) Well, there is a method to all of this madness. We will get to it. But you don't go to somebody else's country, somebody else's house, so to speak, and then trash talk them. Nope, you sure shouldn't. It does not make the United States look good. As a matter of fact, it really hurts my feelings to see this kind of behavior by a president. But it gets worse. This is Birdsong. You're hearing my opinions. I'm here with EJ. You're hearing her opinions. You can email us if you want to give your opinion or disagree at lbirdsong twenty two at gmail.com. We will answer you by email. And we'll probably read it on the air. Lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. Right now, we're going to take a little pause for the cause. We will be back. There's more to Birdsong. We're going to be talking about the ugly. And then there will be some dumb criminal law stories and riddles for you. Stay with us. I love being here with you. sounds sweeter than birdsong on the radio once again here's your host leonard birdsong hello folks birdsong back with you we've been talking about the news of the week told you a little bit about the good andrea pazer of the new york post an op-ed writer says that police are turning their backs on bigots who call the police on African-Americans who are doing things that are not illegal, like wearing white socks at the pool. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of these people who are calling the police are losing their jobs. That's what bigotry will do. Maybe they'll learn. Also, there's the bad news about how Trump acted very bad in England. He went to Brussels at NATO, and that wasn't didn't turn out good. He went to England and dissed the Prime Minister, Theresa May, that didn't turn out good, although he tried to make good with her. He tried to tell her to change her immigration policy. That's exactly right. He wants to change everybody's immigration policy, including ours. Supporting uh, her opponent. Yep. The right. That's That's not how you you tell somebody. However, let's talk about the ugly. Everybody knows the ugly. It's on everyone's mind. It's been in the papers. It's been on the news. President Trump had his summit with Vladimir Putin, something he's wanted for a long time. The weekend before, this was on Monday the uh, 16th that he met with Putin, before, the weekend before, his handlers and his staff gave him 100 pages worth of information he would should be briefed upon to go into the meeting with Putin. He didn't read any of it. He said he had been preparing for this all of his life. 
Well, he got there, folks, and he was made to look like a fool. He threw the United States under the bus, standing there three feet, four feet from Putin, saying that he does not believe that our intelligence agencies have gotten it right about who meddled in the election. What's his source? <laughs> he has no independent source that he should be paying attention to. Well, he's a gut person. He goes by his gut, but his gut has done him wrong here. You do not go to Helsinki, Finland, meet with the leader of the Russian Federation and side with them against the United States. That's just horrible. It's shocking. I've never seen a United States president do this kind of what I consider foolishness. Now, there's an, the associate editor of the Washington Post, David Ignatius, wrote a piece. I'm going to read a little part of it. President Trump was doing pretty well in Helsinki, David Ignatius writes, really laying out a modest but achievable agenda for improving U.S.-Russia relations. And then came the final question about whether Trump believed his own intelligence chiefs or Russian President Putin. And in his weird waffling answer, you could almost hear the fabric of his presidency rip at the seam. Jonathan Lemire of the Associated Press was the reporter who asked Trump bluntly, who do you believe? Who do you believe about uh, the Russian election interference, Putin or the United, in, United States intelligence sources? Trump initially spun some conspiratorial nonsense about missing Democratic computer servers and Hillary Clinton emails. And then this unforgettable statement, quote, this is what the president said. My people came to me. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates came to me and some others, and they said they think it's Russia. I have President Putin. He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I have confidence in both parties. Now, that's it's just ridiculous. It is absolutely It's unbelievable. Sounds like Charlottesville. Yes, it does. He wants to have it both ways. Basically, this is ugly, folks. This is ugly news. It's the president acting ugly, going against the United States. Now, anyone can have opinions and anyone can have impressions. I'm going to give you mine. I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Africa. I've lived in the Caribbean because I was a diplomat and I got posted various places. We know that NATO has worked for 70 years. We know that some of the countries that were part of the Soviet Union are now independent and they belong to NATO. Those countries are the Baltic countries, Latvia and uh, Estonia and another one whose name I can't think of right now. They're up there on the Baltic Sea and I believe, this is my belief, that Putin would like to have them back, back in the influence of Russia and not under the influence of Western Europe. I think that the ugly plan that Donald Trump has is he's going to play up to Putin by getting NATO, not following NATO. The NATO Section 5 of the NATO agreement says that if any country is attacked, we will all come to their aid. 
I think that Trump wants to give Putin a pass if he makes a move on these Baltic states and tries to get them back under their influence. He's going to say, well, we're not going to help NATO out because they haven't paid their fair share. We're not going to do this. That is, I think, what the grand strategy is. And it's a shame that we have a president who's making Russia great again. Tell me <laughs> about America, it, Eugene. Make Russia great again. Give him one of his caps yep. and put Russia over the term America. Suppose Britain wanted to take America back again. <laughs> they ain't getting it. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's no, the same. That's the same thing. Or one of the Caribbean islands who are in who are now independent. Yeah. Suddenly the uh, the the what do you, would you call them the uh, conquistador, the colonist, the co- the person who the country who was the mother country. Right. Wants a colony back. They ain't getting it. <laughs> what about the two you talked about, Estonia and Latvia? Yep. Well, we he wants, say he they, wants ain't, them. they ain't getting that either. Well, that's what we should be saying. But I think Trump is siding with Putin and what he wants. I don't know what what the president wants. He maybe wants to build this great tower in 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 Moscow that he's wanted to do for 30 years. And maybe he thinks that uh, Putin will help him do it if he does Putin's bidding. And the bidding is to undermine NATO and the EU, the European Union that's held together, been held together for a number of years now. This is bad. I hate to have to tell you folks about this, but this is really ugly. And I hope we never see this again in an American president. Someone needs to sit this man down and tell him what time it is. That's what my clients used to say, my criminal clients when I was in private practice. Well, next Russia will want Alaska back. (laughs) Well, you know, they were articles about that. Yeah, there were articles about that during the campaign, but they were fake. You know that those were were plants by the Russian trolls. You know, Russia doesn't really want Alaska back, but Alaska was part of Russia at one time. And we bought it right after the Civil War. Did you know that? I didn't know when that was. Yeah, it was uh, something like 1866 or 1867. Well, this is ugly news. The other ugly news, I can't, don't have time to talk a lot about it, is that we all know that 12, 12 Russians were indicted in the hacking scheme. Last Friday, this indictment came out. Very detailed. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I used to read indictments. I used to write indictments. This one was 29 pages long. It is very, very descriptive of what the Russians did to our election, meddling in our election, doing all kinds of things. And then and now they're all denying it. This Indictment was so detailed it had the names of all the Russian officers, 12 of them who did this, had their names in English and in Russian. Huh. In the Cyrillic language. I've never seen that in an American indictment. But it, it, it's, it's ugly what they did. If you want to read the indictment, you can probably find it. Most people don't want to spend time reading a 29 page indictment. It's very damning. But it's a but that's good news. 
Yeah, but it's good news uh, it's, in, it, in that we have should have faith in our intelligence and intelligence. Our intelligence right. about knowing what's going on. Right. And um continuing to pursue it no. in the face of criticism and uh demeaning things that Trump has been saying about our own justice system, our own intelligence. I'm so pleased and comforted to know that they're continuing to investigate this. Let it ride. Let them get to the bottom of it. Trump is afraid who's going to be on the bottom of it. This is Birdsong. You're hearing our opinions. I'm here with EJ. Birdsong tells it like it is. Stick with us. There is more. He may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Once again, here's Leonard Birdsong. Hey, folks. Birdsong back with you. My friend EJ is here by my side. We're having fun. We're telling you about some of the news of the week, giving our opinions. You don't have to believe our opinions or theories. You can write us at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com if you want to comment. Right now, I'm going to read some dumb criminal law stories. You know, I do this every week. I collect these stories and have been collecting them for years. When I was teaching law, my students used to love them and wanted me to continue. I have 14 humor books about dumb criminals, and you can find them on my website, leonardbirdsong.com, if you ever want to. You can order some. But right now, let's start with a a story from Alabama. Here's the headline. Hide the car keys from this kid. A 12-year-old Alabama boy was so mad with his parents that he swiped his mother's car and drove it 75 miles across state lines. The wannabe juvenile delinquent made made it all the way to New Augusta, Mississippi, where he stopped for gas. That was the end of the line for him because a worker at the gas station called police to report the pint-sized joyrider car thief. (laughs) (laughs) He was not arrested but was sent back home to his parents. How old was he? Twelve years old. (laughs) All right, let's move on here. We got a story from Australia. Gone in 60 seconds, said the headline. We learned that an Australian with a need for speed lost his new Porsche to the police impound lot 10 minutes after buying it. The Melbourne driver, 37, was clocked going 60 miles per hour in a 40-mile zone on the Oakley Drive, part of the city's Grand Prix circuit. Police took his 2013 Porsche SUV for 30 days. Gone in 60 seconds, huh? (laughs) A story from California now. The headline read, His Luck Ran Out. A former security guard who won $19 million, $19 million in the California lottery pleaded guilty to robbing four banks in a string of much less lucrative robberies. His what? name, James Hayes, who hit the jackpot two decades ago. He handed notes to several tellers demanding cash and sometimes claimed to have a gun. It appears he made off with a total of $40,000, less than 1% of his lottery winnings. We wonder where the lottery money went. 
19 million? How do you go through that in 20 years? Good well, great. you don't know. These stories never end. Never end. Dumb criminals. A short story from Canada. The headline just reads, Irony. A psychiatrist who practiced gay conversion therapy was found guilty of having what? Having sex with two of his male patients. <laughs> Dr. Melvin Icecove's license was suspended after he allegedly told the men that having sex with him would cure their oh homosexual desires. <laughs> was that was the male on male sex so bad that it would <laughs> it would cure their homosexual oh desires? Oh my gosh. There are these people out here, they just sometimes That's do anything. Sad. This story from Florida, headline. This was not the way to a man's affections. Recently, a woman got so mad at her husband for not being affectionate, she punched him in the face. <laughs> Jackie Hunter allegedly socked her husband in the right eye at their Bunnell, Florida home. When her battered spouse tried to escape, she blocked <laughs> his way and unplugged their <laughs> landline telephone. Oh my All of this, according to police, he did get through. The police came and carted her off to jail. This was not the way to a man's affection. <laughs> okay. What's that song? You can't get a man with a gun. That's right. Probably that or a punch in the eye. Musical? Yeah. yeah, right. That was some Annie Get Your Gun, yeah. Another short story from Florida. You snooze, you lose, says the headline. A woman broke into a vehicle at a car dealership near Ocala, Florida, to take a nap and accidentally lit the car on fire with a lit cigarette. This is according to a police report. Dolores Graham, 62, was arrested for burglary. Why not arson, too? (laughs) (laughs) All right. There are all these stories from Florida. There's another one here. Headline on this one, bird napping. In mid-March of this year, a thief was chased by a flock of peacocks when he snatched one of the birds from the flock from outside of a Miami home. The thief, caught on surveillance camera, was able to reach his truck and escape before being assaulted by the flock, according to authorities. No rest has been made. What is he going to do with a peacock? Bird napping, huh? I don't know. I don't want to (laughs) know. Oh... Another story from Florida. They just don't change. The headline reads, Assault and Bitery. A woman came to the defense of a 19-year-old pal by biting the leg of the sheriff's deputy trying to arrest him. Alex Roke allegedly stole from a store near Tampa. As he was being arrested, Ellen Page, 24, was herself arrested for interfering. She then wiggled out of her handcuffs and allegedly bit the deputy through his pants, leaving a bloody gash. Ouch! <laughs> Assault and bitery. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, a couple more. Here's one from Illinois. Bobcat weapon arrest. Bobcat weapon arrest. This one is about a squatter who had an unusual weapon for his defense. Philip Geis, 41, allegedly turned an abandoned store in the Chicago suburb of Oakland Park into his own home, complete with two loaded pistols, 100 rounds of ammunition, and an unusual pet, a bobcat. 
He was arrested on an illegal weapons charge. We learn the Bobcat was turned over to state officials. What are they going to do with it? <laughs> I guess send him back to the wild. All right, the last story, EJ. This okay. comes from Michigan. Getaway snowmobile? It's been reported that a man drove a stolen snowmobile straight into a party store in a strange bid to steal cigarettes and lottery tickets. <laughs> Michael Stark allegedly plowed the vehicle into the store's front door. Police found him in a ditch after following the snowmobile tracks leading away from the scene. <laughs> he didn't cover his tracks. Huh? Well, wait a minute. You know, I said that. Uh, I got. I got to do one more. Okay. I just. This story is just horrible, but funny. This comes from Missouri. The headline: Naked ATV chase. A man led police on a high-speed freeway chase while riding an ATV. That's an all-terrain vehicle. And he was driving it on the wrong side of the road. And he was also naked. The unidentified joyrider was first spotted zipping around a residential neighborhood near Kansas City on the yellow four-wheeler. When police attempted to arrest him, he made a break for I-435, but crashed and went flying in his birthday suit. He was quickly taken into custody and arrested for reckless driving and being nude in public. Okay. <laughs> all right. Those are your dumb criminal law stories for this week. These stories are all true and they never end. But I've got some riddles here for you. I will tell you the answers at the end of the program, but you can ponder them. They're not difficult. EJ says they're hard, but they're not. Why was the mother Firefly worried. Why was the mother Firefly worried? That's number one. The second riddle. What is the best way to talk to a dinosaur? What is the best way to talk to a dinosaur? Huh. And the final one. Why should you never believe a tiger? Why should you never believe a tiger? Well, I'll come back at the end. You ponder these. And uh, we'll give you the answers and my thought for the week. This is Birdsong. Stick with us. We have some more about barbecue coming right up. You'll love this. You're listening to fun, fascinating, informative talk radio with Birdsong. This is Birdsong back with you. I'm glad to be here. Love being on the radio with you. And also like being here with my friend EJ. I um, am not much of a cook. As a matter of fact, I don't really do any grilling because I'm just not good at it. But there are some people who are, and I came across an article by a fellow by the name of Eric Spitznagel. I don't know if he himself grills, but he's dug up some things about grilling that you might want to know. He comes up with what he calls a barbecue short history. He writes that 1000 BC, 1000 before the Christian era, Neolithic settlers in England built Stonehenge. It's still standing. And in between barbecue cookouts of roasted pork and beef. Now they found traces of this 
and archaeologists have found traces of roasted pork and beef at the site of Stonehenge. Moving on to the 1600s, the Arawak tribe, these were Indians of South America and the Caribbean, cooked their meat on a frame of sticks over a fire. What did they call it? Barbacoa. The Arawak's other contribution to the English language was the word cannibal. (laughs) The first reference to barbecue in America was from a fellow by the name of Benjamin Lind of Salem, Massachusetts. This is the 1700s. He wrote in his diary, quote, fair and hot, brown barbecue, heck, overeat. <laughs> After laying the cornerstone of the United States Capitol, George Washington celebrated by barbecuing what? A 500-pound ox. Must have been a big barbecue, huh? Cowboys in the West were forced to eat brisket. Why? Because the cattle barons didn't want to share the choice cuts with them. The cowboys figured out that slow cooking brisket over low heat leads to delicious results. Now, a fellow by the name of Ellsworth B.A. Zoyer patented a design in the early 20th century for charcoal briquettes. Henry Ford gets all the credit billing it as a perfect Thing for barbecues, picnics, hotels, restaurants, clubs, railroads, truckers, tinsmiths, and tobacco curing. The first McDonald's, 14 years before Ray Kroc opened, was in California, and it was a barbecue restaurant before it really got into hamburgers. Their annual sales in the early 1950s reached $200,000. Today, that would be 3.5 million in 2018 currency. Uh-huh. There's a little bit more here. A welder named, uh, this was in 1952, a welder named George Stephen transforms a marine boy into a dome-shaped grill. The iconic Weber grill is born. Commercial barbecue sales go from 1 million in 1952 one million dollars in sales in 1952 to 75 million in 1959. By the end of the decade, one third of American households had a backyard barbecue grill. Let's jump ahead. President Obama was in Austin, Texas. He used his privilege at the Franklin Barbecue Store in Austin. He said, quote, I know this is a long line. But I feel real bad, but I'm going to cut because I want the barbecue and I got to go. The undisputable cuz, it's called, that's the world's largest barbecue pit. What is it? It's an 18-wheel tractor trailer that can cook four tons of meat at a time. Mm. It goes on the market for $350,000. Now, that's a little history. Here's some grilling by the numbers at Mr. Spitznagel. Grilling by the numbers. Did you know 75% of United States adults own a grill or a smoker? Seven in 10 home grillers consider themselves, quote, better than average at grilling. 83% of Americans have three or more grilling accessories. 35% of Americans plan to purchase a new grill this year. 
56% of grill purchases were replacements. 29% were first-time grills. Total businesses selling outdoor cooking supplies in the United States, 14,774. How much did the grilling industry make this past year? $6.6 billion. 31% of home grillers use their grills at least once a week during the summer. 20% of Americans grill two or three times a week in the summer. Mr. Spitznagel got all of this information from Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association records, the Harris Poll, and the U.S. Census. That's more than you ever wanted to know about grilling, but I'm here to give it to you. It's making me hungry. Yep. For some barbecue. Right. All right, riddles. Why, just why, was the mother Firefly worried? You figure that out, EJ? I haven't. You'll have to tell me that. The mother Firefly was worried because her child wasn't very bright. (laughs) Second riddle. What is the best way to talk to a dinosaur? What do you think? What's the best way to talk to a dinosaur? I don't know. A mile away? (laughs) That's almost right. Long distance. (laughs) The best way to talk to a dinosaur is at a long distance. All right. You never believe a tiger because of what? I don't know. You never believe a tiger because it might be lion. Ooh. Lion. All right, folks. We've had a little fun on the radio here. How about this thought for the week? Success is not so much what we have as it is what we are. Success is not so much what we have as it is what we are. This is Birdsong. We've been here, EJ and I, with you on radio. We hope to talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>